told David that Saul had killed the Lord's priest. And so David said to Abiathar, and here he's recollecting when he was on the run in the previous chapter and, and visiting the men there in uh, Nob. And David says, I knew that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. We see today that Doeg went and told Saul that David had gone to the house of Ahimelech. Abiathar, the only surviving priest, told David that Saul had killed the Lord's priests. In the greater way, it was David's mere presence with Ahimelech that made him guilty before Saul, and there really wasn't anything David or anyone could do about that. But in a lesser way, David's lying to Ahimelech made the priest vulnerable before Saul. David confessed his guilt in the matter and sought forgiveness from the Lord. Now, all he can do is minister to Abathar, the surviving priest. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he finalizes chapter 22. Ready? What's his name? Doeg the Edomite. He's like, I'll do it. And Doeg's thinking, hmm, I'm the chief herdsman right now. After I do this, man, I'm going to be the vice president. I'm going to be high on the, I'm going to sit right next to Saul at his feasts. I'm going to be his guy, the enemy of God, just like him. Boy, birds of a feather flock together, don't they? Saul, just so filled with evil, and certainly Doeg the Edomite, just sort of like the Antichrist and the false prophet here. Both of them governed by the same spirit. But... Abimelech believed David. There was no reason for him to inform the king of any wrongdoing because he thought he was on an errand for the king. I mean, case closed, right? He was completely unaware of the subterfuge. In verse 18, And the king said to Doeg, You turn, you turn, Doeg, you turn and kill the priests. And you can almost hear Doeg going, I can't believe, you know, I'd be glad to oblige. So Doeg the Edomite turned and he struck the priests. And he killed on that day 85 men who wore a linen ephod. What a travesty. What a horrible thing. Again, probably the worst thing that Saul had ever done. Also, verse 19, Nob, the city of the priests, he struck with the edge of the sword both men and women. Notice this. This is a really interesting verse, and I want you to write a verse off to the side of this verse. I want you to look at it. We'll read it tonight, but write this verse along next to verse 19. Write 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 2 through 4. 
1 Samuel 15, 2 through verse 4. And here's why. 1 Samuel 15, 2 through 4. Notice what it says in verse 19, and then we're going to skip over and read. Also Nob, the city of the priests, where they had just come from, he struck with the edge of the sword, notice, men and women, children and nursing infants, and, if that wasn't bad enough, oxen and donkeys and sheep with the edge of the sword. Now, rewind the tape a few years to 1 Samuel chapter 15. Or rewind it in some time. I don't know the exact time. Remember what happened when God told Saul to go and attack the Amalekites, the true enemies of God? Not the people of God, but the true enemies of God. God tells Saul, wipe everything out. Men, women, and children, everything. Don't take anything. Livestock, everything. Kill everything. God has his reasons. In 1 Samuel 15, verse 2, it says this. This is what God said to him previously. I will punish Amalek, God said this. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now, and here's the command from God to Saul, go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey, And so Saul gathered the people together, and he numbered them, and and he went and he did that. But remember what he did. He spared Agag's life, and he spared some of the livestock, the good things. And these were supposed to be the enemies of God. Now, read verse 19 again. (laughs) What Saul wasn't willing to do for the people of God, he was willing to do for the enemies of God. He spared the enemies of God, but now the people of God... It almost reads the same thing. It sounds like the same thing. Wipe out everybody. And he's like, okay, I'll do, you know. You know, he, he doesn't do it for Amalek, the enemies of God, but he does it for God's own people. How far can you slink? How far can you slope into this kind of bizarre behavior? That's pretty alarming, wouldn't you say? Verse 20, now one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar. Remember, he was the one of the priests of Nob that were left back in Nob. Thank God he was there. And he escaped, and he, and he fled after David. Now, this is going to be really interesting because this may have been God's providence because we're going to see that uh, Abiathar is going to take the linen ephod uh, with him as he comes to David. And this would be a way that, the, that he would divine uh, God's will in certain circumstances by certainly using Urim and Thummim for yes and no questions and inquiring of the Lord and things of that nature. So Abiathar, you know, comes and he's with David. He brings the ephod. And um, it's just really interesting if, if, you, if you remember, Abiathar is actually a descendant from Ithamar. Remember Aaron had four sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Nadab and Abihu were consumed by fire, remember, because they offered strange fire before the Lord. The next eldest in line would have been Eleazar. He should have been the high priest going forward after that happened. But what happened? In, in, in Judges, we find that a descendant of Abiathar instead was the high priest. Do you remember his name? Eli. Remember when Samuel was a little child? Eli was a high priest. What was he doing being the high priest when it should have been Eleazar's and his descendants? 
So now we have Ithamar, the youngest of the sons, and Abiathar is a descendant of Ithamar. Now, why this is so interesting is David's certainly not a respecter of persons. He brings Abiathar into his camp. And even when David is well-established in his kingdom, who is our, his high priest? Zadok, who was a descendant of Eleazar. And he's also got another high priest, Abiathar, from Ithamar. And it happens that way until the reign of Solomon. And Solomon deposes Abiathar because he conspired against the king and tried to put Adonijah on the throne instead of Solomon. Does that make sense? So Solomon actually gets it right. He deposes Abiathar, and Zadok is the lone standing priest, and he's from the line of Eleazar. Why is that a big deal? Because God fulfilled a prophecy in doing that very thing. By Solomon doing the switcheroo, and allowing Zadok, who was a descendant of Eleazar, the next in line from Aaron's sons, they should have been on the throne. They should have been the ones, instead of Eli and his sons, who were horrible examples, by the way. And in Solomon's reign, he puts things right, and he puts Zadok where he should be, and he deposes Abiathar, because Abiathar conspires to put Adonijah, King David's son, on the throne instead of the chosen son, Solomon. Does that make sense? There's a lot there. We're not going to go into it, but uh, it's very interesting because it, and it fulfills a prophecy, and we won't read this tonight because we're running out of time, but I would encourage you to write down 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 27 through 33, and read those verses in that context because that's the prophecy that the man of God came to Eli, and he prophesies, of Eli's line would not last. Because remember, Eli was from the line of Ithamar, and Abiathar was a descendant of Eli as well. And so God was going to pronounce judgment against that line of Ithamar, which ultimately resulted in going through Eli, then to Abiathar. So you can look at that. Again, First Samuel chapter 2, verses 27 through 33, God fulfilling the prophecy in Samuel's time by deposing Abiathar and putting Zadok, the son of Eleazar, in the high priest's place. So verse 21, it says, And Abiathar and David told David that Saul had killed the Lord's priest. And so David said to Abiathar, and here he's recollecting when he was on the run in the previous chapter and and visiting the men there in uh, Nob, And David says, I knew that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul. And he could hear the anguish of his heart. I have surely caused the death of all the persons of your father's house, Abiathar. That was my fault. Now, of course, David didn't know all of this. He didn't know that his actions that day would ultimately cause the the death of those 85 priests. He had no idea. David told a lie. And and here's, here's the thing about lying. It never ends well when you lie, does it? Lying is a sin. David didn't need to lie, but he did. And as a result of his lie, he put this family in jeopardy. He didn't know it at the time, because I believe that if he did, he wouldn't have said the lie. So 
So verse 23, David says to Abiathar, he says, Stay with me, do not fear. Do not fear, Abiathar, for he who seeks my life seeks your life, but with me you shall be safe. And, and I love this because we are always safe in the Lord's, with the Lord's choice. There are blessings for obedience. And when we are walking in the Lord and abiding in Christ, we are safe. It's when we get outside of the will of God and start walking in our flesh, that's when we get hurt. That's when we really get hurt. But when we are walking with the Lord, he, he takes care of us. And he does so many things that we can't even see. I think even as a child of God, how many times I, I probably could have been killed by near misses and accidents. I remember uh, a few, uh, I don't know, it was about a year and a half ago or two years ago. I don't remember how, many, how long ago it was. There's a tree right, right on our, uh, we had a really bad windstorm. And I hate wind. I really do. I lived in Florida and been through a number of hurricanes, and I've had enough of wind. I've seen what it does, and it scares me to death. And so the wind was really bad, and um, I remember driving uh, right under, uh, I think Kathy and I were driving together, and she went before me, I think it was, and then I went right behind her, and right as I went behind her, this huge, huge elm tree cracks falls over the road where my car was a few moments ago, seconds ago, like less than 10 seconds ago, maybe even five. And I thought to myself, if I would have paused, if I would have sped up, no, if I would have waited at any time for 10 more seconds that day, I would not be here. <laughs> That's kind of scary to think about. I almost wonder if there was some, you know, guardian angel holding that thing up going, not yet, not yet, okay, let it go, he's passed, you know, and, Things like that really boggle the mind. But when you're in God's will, nothing, you're untouchable. When you're in God's will, a nuclear bomb, you could have a, a target on your head, and, and Vladimir Putin could fire a nuclear rocket on you, specifically. Homing device, GPS, everything locked in. And it's not going to happen unless it's God's will. Not going to happen. Abide in Christ and you will live. And that's what David said to Abiathar. Stay with us. Stay with us and you're going to be safe. It reminds me of, remember in Acts 27, as Paul was making his final journey to Rome, because he knew he was going to talk to Caesar, and he did, and he talked to Caesar. And what was Caesar's response? Get out the guillotine. <laughs> David, or, uh, Paul talked to Nero, but it cost him his head. But on the way there, God wanted Paul to talk to Caesar. But on the trip there, remember what happened. A Euroclidon happened out there in the Mediterranean from his journey from Israel across the Mediterranean. And they came into this really bad uh, storm. And remember, uh, the ship was laden, and they, uh, they threw all the tackling off the ship, and they're, they're about ready to hit ground. And the, the men are freaking out that most of them have been seasick for days. They got green heads because they've been throwing up all, you know, for the last couple of days. They're dehydrated. They're sick. And Paul says, stay in the boat. The Lord told me that no one will die, but you have to stay in the boat. And they were, they were reeling down the, the, the boats on the sides, trying to get away and get up to shore. The waves are smashing the boat, hitting the rear of the boat, tearing it to pieces. And Paul says, the Lord stood by me and told me that 
Do not go down, guys. If you stay in the boat, you will be saved. And that's exactly what they did. They obeyed him, and they did. They lived. Stay in the boat, and you'll be safe. I think the principle is like that for us today. Are you in Christ? There's great safety in Christ. Are you one of Jesus's? Are you one of his own? Are you born again of the Spirit of God? Are you abiding in him? Do you know when you do, you're safe. And if God allows anything to happen to you, that's his business. But until he's, if he's not done with you, there's nothing that's going to happen. You are safe in him. Abide in Christ and experience the peace. And who wants to live in fear? Anybody here want to live in fear? Do you want to go through what we went through last year? Just carbon copy it, cut and paste it for several more years down the road. Oh, no, a new pandemic. Wonderful. Now you have to wear two masks. One's not good enough. You're going to have to wear another one, and you're going to have to get more shots. And the government's going to give you more money that they can't afford. And then they're going to raise your taxes. Pretty soon you have to put a lien on your house to pay the taxes. Because we're just, just give you money. Just give it to you. How much you need? 30 grand? No problem. We'll give you 30 grand. How about 40? You want 50? We'll just give it away. We'll give it to you now because next year, uh, we're going to raise your taxes. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat and you will abide in Christ. Abide in him. Amen? Let me read one psalm to you and then we're going to stop there. Actually, I'm going to give you three psalms that are related to this passage that we're looking at. Let me give them to you, and then we're just going to read one of them. The first one is in Psalm 52, Psalm 57, and Psalm 142. Psalm 52, Psalm 57, Psalm 142. You'll see at the, at the header of the psalm, it talks about the events that we just read. And I would encourage you to reread this chapter. Reread those, those three psalms. And you'll get a deeper understanding of what David was going through during that time when he was in Adullam's cave. He wrote songs, psalms for the children of Israel to, about his experience you know, with Doeg. And in fact, let's just read this. It doesn't take long. And uh, let's look at Psalm 52 and then we'll stop here. It's uh, um, nine verses. But at the very top of the psalm, it says, The end of the wicked and the, and the peace of the godly. And it says, To the chief musician, and co- a contemplation of David, when Doeg the Edomite went and told Saul and said to him, David has gone to the house of Ahimelech. And let's read it. Certainly in context now, you'll understand this psalm a lot better. He says, Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? You can almost hear David speaking to Doeg specifically. Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. You love evil more than good, lying rather than speaking righteousness. Think about that. (laughs) That's what Selah means. Meditate on that. What do you think about that? (laughs) He says, verse 4, You love all devouring words, you deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy you forever. He shall take you away and pluck you out of your dwelling place and uproot you from the land of the living. What do you think about that? Think about that, Doeg. 
The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, Here is the man who did not make God his strength, he but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. And I love what David says, But I am like a green tree, a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. And I notice how he ends this in praise. He says, I will praise you forever because you have done it. David, certainly writing this psalm, you know, you have done it, and in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name, for it is good. It is good. Notice David didn't get stuck in this imprecatory psalm of just saying, Lord, kick him in the teeth, knock his teeth out, and flush him down the toilet. He doesn't say anything like that. He has his moment. <laughs> they call those imprecatory psalms when it just sounds like, wow, he's really going after him. Lord, kick, kick in their teeth. But he ends the thing in praise, saying, Lord, you have saved me. You have delivered me, and I will praise you. In the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name, for it is good. It is good. It is good, isn't it? Isn't it good to love the Lord? Isn't it good to abide in him? I would encourage you to abide in him. By abiding in him, that means you're going to be doing less of other things. Less of other things that are not abiding in the Lord. Think about what you watch. Think about what you read. Think about what you see, the news that you take in. If you're one of those people into social media, think about that. Abide in the Lord and less of those things, and you'll have a greater peace. And I'm a beneficiary of that because I've been doing that for a while now, and I have a much greater peace in my heart as a result of it. I want to encourage you to do the same. There's many people who are struggling right now, and you're hurting yourself by continually feeding yourself the media. You're hurting yourself by watching the news and getting it all embroiled in your heart, and it's just stirring you up. You've got to, have, you've got to eat Tums every five minutes because your heart and your stomach is so embroiled in frustration and anger. Is it really worth it? Abide in the Lord. Abide in Him and let the peace of God rule over you. Sounds good, doesn't it? I'd encourage you to do that. Abide in him. Trust in him. And let him be your peace. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you for this passage. Lord, it's a, it's a dark passage for Saul. And Lord, yet David, Lord, you preserved him and you will preserve him. And Lord, in fact, you preserved him, and he is in glory with you now. And Lord, your word says that in the new, in the millennial reign of Christ, you are going to, when he is resurrected, he is going to be in Jerusalem, and he is going to be one of your men. He is going to be a ruler. David, the King David that we're reading about now, We will not only see you in the millennial reign physically, but we'll also see, David, that you're going to rise, raise up as a prince for your people. And, Lord, how we look forward to that and how we uh, thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God. And pray that, Lord, you would encourage us tonight, bless our day tomorrow, and have your way with us, Lord. And again, Lord, may we abide in you in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen.
I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.